Welcome to the very first episode of the NL Feast podcast. My name is Sam Clark. Uh, with and me. I'm Brandon Gross. Oh, yes. You're introducing yes. Me? With me today, sh- as always, is Brandon Gross. There we go. All right. Off <laughs> to the right start. Um, and this is the first and only and best podcast that is exclusively about baseball's best division. The NLE. There we go. All right. We're getting the timing down a Which little bit Which is objectively better. the best division this year in the 2021 season, I would say. For sure. If we continue to do this and it's like 2025 and everybody's winning 60 <laughs> games, then it'll be a whole different story. But as of right now, it is arguably <laughs> the best division in baseball. What is even a close second? I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. The um, NL West is probably the closest. A close second. Let's start talking about other divisions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would oh so the NL West is NL West so is top very top heavy, right? Yes. Um, AL East maybe, but they have a, like the Rays got worse. Rays got worse, probably. But you never know; they'll have like Michael Walker will have, win twenty games. Yeah, Rays year, will always raise. Um, and uh, yeah, probably the AL East. I would say probably. I mean, the Red Sox they have some talent, but they also are trading everyone away. Yeah, I'm kind of um, anticipating the Red Sox to pick up a little bit. Look at us really just talking about the, the division that we're not. <laughs> That should be the Didn't joke where we only talk about every other division. <laughs> Tune in and listen to us talk about your favorite NL East team, but not before 20 minutes of other divisional talk. <laughs> uh, how are you aside from, from uh, NL West talk? Good. I'm doing good. I had a, a bit of a, of a, a bad phone situation. We'll hold off. We have a, a new segment coming. A new segment. The, <laughs> everything's a new segment. <laughs> it's the first episode. We have a segment coming up where we do 60 seconds of non-baseball talk, and I'll, I'll go into what happened with my cell phone this weekend that, that led to uh, a lot of headaches. But, I mean, Florida State basketball got officially eliminated for March Madness, so that was a tough – I don't know if you caught the game. Do you, were you able to see any of it? Hey, uh, I did not see one second of it, but <laughs> okay, right. since we both went to Florida State, you know, I will say that Florida State is now a basketball school, officially. It's official, and and let me tell you what, we lost in embarrassing fashion. I We were lost by 20 points the whole second half. We look an awful, just turnovers left and right, which seemed to be our MO coming down the stretch, but hey, we made it to the Sweet 16. That's something to hang your hat on. Absolutely. That's important. I mean, if you make it to the... What's the 32 one? There's not a word uh, for the 32 one, right? Yeah, well, let's, let's come up with one, though. That's <laughs> the, uh, a pretty good 32. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's nothing that rhymes with yeah, 32. The trying their um, best 32. The, the flirty cute. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The, the, the flirty the cute 32. 30 flirty cutie 32. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's just a bunch but of, like, divorced moms. You can, you can get a title on there. We'll figure um, it out. Um, but yeah, yeah, what else did we do? Yeah, you know, went to the park. New York City weather is finally picking up a little bit, which has been nice. Uh-huh. Very um, nice. L- L.A. weather is getting hot. Yeah. Here. About to start. Um, You're in the I'm valley, actually, too. I'm in the... That's right. The valley's hotter. Everyone makes fun of the valley. Listen, I'm going to talk L.A. again. We're going back to the West. <laughs> we're, we're such coastal elites, Brandon. <laughs> this should be called the Coastal Elite Podcast. The NL Coastal Elite Feast Podcast. <laughs> we're like, we just went to the Soho house this weekend. You were Ever in the Soho. heard of it? <laughs> the New York Soho <laughs> house. And I was in the, the L.A. Soho house. <laughs> L.A. Soho house, as I pronounce it. How are you doing, though? What's your What have you been up to? How was your I'm week? good. I, just, I had an interview right before this. Big congrats. And it went terribly. No. And, and, you know, it wasn't terribly on my end. As, I mean, it was a little bit, but okay. like, so uh, the interview opens up and the guy's like, hey, do you know this guy? And I go, <laughs> yes, that's my old boss who I didn't like. Okay. <laughs> and no one liked. And I had to be very uh, diplomatic about it and be like, oh, yeah, 
he's great. And then the guy actually asked me, go, did you like him? Uh, That's how bad of a guy he was that everyone disliked him. Oh, my and, God. And, like, he had to ask me. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's a bit of a hard ass, but. <laughs> <laughs> this and wasn't then, shrimp. This wasn't Cinnamon Toast Shrimp Guy, was it? It was not Shrimp Guy. <laughs> it was not Shrimp Guy. Yeah, so uh, I had the interview, and then uh, I was telling them about my background, and then I got that weird tickle in your throat when you're talking for a while, and my mm, throat got dry. Mm, and I today. just started coughing, and I couldn't stop. And oh, I had brutal. I had some tea, and it just did not work. So I was coughing. <laughs> this is during COVID, obviously. So it just was not a good look overall. And then the company's like a record label sort of thing, and the oh, main cool, artist cool. is like a guy I've, I don't know. But he, I, and I didn't bother to look him up ahead of time. Not good interview etiquette. Oh, but I didn't look him up ahead of time. And he's like <laughs> sort of like a Michael Bublé type, I believe. Oh, and oh, you know, the Michael Bublé type. Type, yeah. You know, like crooner, but it's it's 2021. <laughs> so, um, and they asked me, what do you know about him? And the only thing I knew, and this relates to our podcast, was that the guy played City Field at some point. So I saw wow. him when I was watching a Mets game. They said, go see... <laughs> July 21st, I don't know, 2019. Oh my and then God. I'm like, that's the only thing that's stuck in my brain. That's what I told him. And then I said, other than that, don't know his music. Yeah, I'm sure he's a good guy. Confident in that. Well, so, I'm, I'm sorry it went so poorly. It sounds like you could have, it sounds like you're cutting yourself down a little bit. You, you did okay. It's, you know, it's fine. I went in with an energy that I didn't want it, and that's what happened. So oh, if you go in with that energy, then that's what happens. Um, I'm going to end up biting my words here, but I have my uh, second interview for a position tomorrow. Oh. Yes. At a, I, I'm worried. I, I'm excited. It's at a cell phone charging company. It's a portable cool. cell phone charger or some sort of high-end cell phone charger. So I'd be doing social media for a cell phone charging company. Which is what every little boy dreams of when they grow up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. It's funny. That's a very New York job. I feel oh, like that's yeah. something that like Alana from Broad City would have that job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Briefly, yeah, definitely a, a yeah a New York or LA job. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. The first, my first round, um, contrary to your first round, went pretty mm-hmm. well. So I'm I'm feeling semi confident going in. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 hoping that we end up being employed. It could we could reinvest into the NL Feast podcast. We could. Maybe we'll get uh, maybe we'll get Mr. Met on. We can talk to him. <laughs> He's very Billy expensive. the Marlin's got a lot to say. I put him down very as one of my references. I hope they don't call him. I don't think he speaks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's just like weird dolphin noise. <laughs> Apparently Marlins make dolphin noise. You hear a lot of water splashing. Um, <laughs> all right, Brandon, we're going to get into our first topic here. Let's uh, do it. We don't have a good name for it, I just realized. 60 Second Smash. What, what do you think of that? <laughs> We'll we'll see. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. But the the gist of it is that I will be uh, setting a timer for 60 seconds, and Brandon and I will be talking about one thing that is not related to the NL East, something that we've been doing this entire time already. Um, <laughs> Just that people need a break from baseball. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, We're all tired of this thing we tuned in to listen to. Um, yeah. And yeah, when the timer runs out, so does your ability to talk about it any longer. I will cut off your audio right at the 60-second mark, uh, either in post or just wave my hands around like a madman. So... If you Very go nice. over, there's no conclusion to the story. Um, do you want to go first, my friend? That's stressful. Yeah, I'll go first. You have what you want to talk about? You know, you good? Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's you do it. a little prep. All right, ready? One, two, three. All right. So I got my second COVID vaccine this past Saturday. I went to the Rite Aid in Studio City, California, Los Angeles, to be exact. Mm-hmm. This is my second one. Like I said, the Moderna. The first one I got. Um, I had COVID arm. I felt pretty fine afterwards, okay. but I had COVID arm, which 
I didn't know that was a thing. Um, and that's basically like when you get a weird red circle on your arm. And uh, some people, it's like a big, it's a big football on your arm. But I looked it up and I thought it was ringworm, but it wasn't ringworm. <laughs> it was COVID arm, which only people who have Moderna oh, uh, it's get. A, it's Not everyone, but some people get it. Specific anyway, I had my second one and I spoke with the, the woman at Rite Aid. Very sweet, very nice. I said, hey, should I get it in this arm or the other arm? Because I had COVID arm last mm-hmm. time. And she says, my mother had COVID arm. And I'm like, okay, that didn't answer my question. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's like, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to get it in my right arm because I read that the CDC said get it in your arm. All right, story's arm. over. That's it. That's done. Really? Sorry, Brandon. You hit your 60 seconds. Yeah. I was, uh, there really was no ending to it anyway. Good, but right, I got listen. the second vaccine. Get vaccinated, everyone. Yes, congratulations. Get, and if you're in New York City now, starting next week, you can be 16 or older. Sorry, Zoomers. And get vaccinated. So oh, is there a generation? Angeles, I believe it's April 15th. Is what? there a generation uh, previous or like following Zoomers now? Have they invented like Gen A squared or anything oh, like they're that? Oh, ca- I looked this up recently. They're called like Alphaville or something. Okay. There's honestly, a weird, they went back to the Alphaville. All right. I got to Google this. Hold on. Uh, Generation Alphaville just sounds like a like a Disney Channel original television show. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. All sounds like a Dr. Seuss Alphaville. All right, here's what Google says: Generation Alpha. Yeah, the generation that follows Alpha. Gen Z is Generation okay. Alpha, which includes anyone born after 2010. Gen oh, Alpha is okay. still very young, but is on track to be the most transformative age group ever. Okay, so if it starts, how do how are they predicting that with eleven year olds? If it starts in two thousand ten, and they're like, this generation is going to blow the minds of anybody <laughs> preceding them. Very wild, very wild. Um, Alphaville is a band from the eighties. <laughs> that is also that also makes so much. Brandon's like, hmm, it's Alpha something. Uh, let me call upon my wealth of knowledge of <laughs> old school rock and roll. They bands. did the song "Big in Japan." Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that track. I think you would if you heard it, and I think I don't remember it either. Okay. Anyway. Promise. All right, Sam, this is your 60 seconds. All right. Then. <laughs> I'm going to set my own timer, and I'll keep an okay. eye on it. We'll reset real fast. Yes. Uh, starting. Okay, ready? Three, yeah. two, one. So over the weekend, I screwed up a little bit um, and, and did a mistake that I honestly I feel like a lot of people have probably done. I left my phone in an Uber, uh, Lyft, Lyft specifically. There was a friend who was having a birthday party in a park. Uh, my lovely girlfriend Miranda and I were driving um, back from the park, left my phone in the Uber and Lyft. I don't want to give Uber any bad, bad credit um, and immediately try to contact the driver. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm logging into Lyft on Miranda's phone, doing my best to try to get a hold of them. I start Miranda starts like feverishly calling my cell phone. And then after like four or five rings uh, or four or five attempted calls, it goes straight to voicemail, which means they turned it off and stole it. Um, which, you know, you kind of got to expect if you lose a cell phone, it, it's not going to go well. Um, so anyway, so today I went to go to the, the T-Mobile store as a former Sprint customer. Now I have T-Mobile, um, and went in, got the initial charge to pay off my old phone. So paid off like $400 for my last phone. My card gets declined moving forward. Okay. I ran out of time. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) I can't. Okay, we can we can get in. We can go behind the curtain a little inside baseball now. I can't tell if this is going to be a funny segment because neither of us can ever finish our stories, or if it's just going to be like uh, audio nightmares for anybody. It's kind of funny though if we just never finish the story. <laughs> you don't get to know why that story was bad. Brandon might. Brandon will hear off mic, but as far as off any of Mike, our yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. as far as any of our listener dad, you well also my dad is going to know about it. So I don't Terry. Know. Terry, yeah. yeah, you got it right. Yeah, Terry, yeah. He's in your fantasy <laughs> baseball league. 
That's right. He's he's in your fantasy baseball league. He's in. Oh, that's right. Commissioner Sam, baby. Put some respect on my name. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Let's get the ball rolling here. So I think the first thing that Brandon and I wanted to talk about that's relevant to the NL East on today's podcast is taking a look at the Pakoda projections, seeing what Pakoda predicts will be the standings for our best and favorite division, the NL East, and then discussing any additions, subtractions, predictions, anything that we have going about our team. A little context here. Um, I am a very big Miami Marlins fan, and Brandon is a very big New York Mets fan, so it kind of made sense to f- draw our interest to the singular topic of our of our division that we're both involved in. So if you hear any bias from either of us when talking about either of those teams, I think that's why. Although we're going we're gonna to try not to be homers. We're going to do our best. We'll do our best. You know, obviously, as you watch a full regular season, which thankfully we're having in 2021, Thank God. full 162, you know, you get to learn about the other teams in your division more so than any other ones. So I think we know the Braves, we know the Phillies, we know the Nationals pretty well. Yeah. And we have some fa- we have some friends that are in that world as well. So, you know, we're going to try to not be homers. We're going to try to be objective. We love Freddie Freeman. Everyone Let's, loves Freddie yeah. Freeman. If you don't love Ronald Acuna Jr., what's the matter with you? And even, what's listen, wrong with you? I'm not, a, I'm not a Mets guy. I love watching Jacob DeGrom pitch. I hate it when it's against the Marlins, but I love watching mm-hmm. him pitch. What am I going to get angry at him? Anyways, so to set the scene, Pakoda projects. Let's pull them up right now, Brandon. I already know who Pakoda has in last place, and it is my Miami Marlins. And I'm, I know who they have in first place, which is my New York Mets. Hmm, funny how that works. <laughs> this isn't <laughs> I fair. I do work for Pakoda. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at, Brandon. Mm-hmm. It's an inside job. Yeah, so <laughs> Pakoda has the Miami Marlins predicted, predicted at 70 wins, which, I mean, obviously last season there was expanded playoffs, but we did make it past the first round. We made it um, to against the Atlanta Braves, who are one win away from the World Series, which is a, a reasonable team to get your butt kicked by, and that's exactly what happened. We got our butt absolutely clobbered. Um, but as far as offseason moves, I mean, we really didn't do too much. We signed Adam Duvall, um, another power-hitting outfield bat that everybody with this uh, who's familiar with this division is familiar with. Um, lost a couple guys. We lost Brandon Kinsler. We'll get to him later. He ended up in the same division as well. Um, and then had, I think our biggest storyline and the thing I've been blowing you up about the most is our second base uh, positional battle between the Isan Diaz, who you're familiar with. His, uh, one of his first MLB game, he went yard on Jacob deGrom. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jazz Chisholm, who is, uh, is that a top three baseball name? First name Jazz it immediately makes you a top baseball player, in my opinion. Oh, incredible. Ja- that's like if, that's a Mickey Mantle level. Right? I would say Jazz by name mm-hmm. is Mickey Mantle. Yeah, it's and, in that like Nap Lejeune level of baseball <laughs> names. <laughs> and I can re- I read Brandon's mind. He also said in play uh, in playing ability as well, Mickey Mantle level, right? I did say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. But well, what do you think? What do you think of the Marlins? I know that you have a little bit of bias coming from uh, only hearing me talk about them twenty four seven. But I'm curious where your brain's at. You know the Marlins and. Honestly, I'm upset that they're ranked so low, and I know it's because of this division, because this division is insane Mm -hmm. this year. Um, However, I think the Marlins can surprise some people, because their starting pitching depth could potentially, potentially, I think, be one of the strongest rotations in baseball. And uh, because, Please continue. No, because, uh, I mean, Alcantara's already kind of proved that, I mean, maybe he wouldn't be a number one. On, I mean, wouldn't be on the Mets because of Degrom, but like maybe he wouldn't be number one on most teams. But he's yeah. pretty solid. And then six though is the most exciting one. For he's sure, he's got the number forty-five Pedro right now, and the Changes tattoo. Number. Don't forget, he also has a forty-five tattoo. He has a forty-five tattoo now. Dedication. He also has the second highest uh, fastball velocity 
to only Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, I knew you were about to. Yeah, I knew who was number one. Which, <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to. I'm not trying to, you know, blow up DeGrom. He's been blown up. But, like, I think Six, though, has the potential to really shine this year. Because, you know, in the 60 game season, obviously he turned some heads. Yeah, for sure. But I think him as your number two, probably future number one. Um, and then along with that, you got uh, Pablo Lopez, who's phenomenal. And Alicia Hernandez, who also is, is a decent replacement level pitcher. And then Trevor Rogers, who's by all lefty, yeah. yeah by all accounts has been he's looked great in spring training so far um and he was yeah he was a number one draft pick uh couple yeah years i back, mean here's so. the thing like the the marlins were in the playoffs last year i know it was a 60 game season i know anyone can have a about a third of a season you know hot streak but it's mm-hmm. like marlins look good yeah all year last year and it's like so what i know obviously the mets have improved but also the phillies and nationals maybe haven't improved that much. So, like, why can't the Marlins at least finish third in the division? I don't know. I think it's kind of like an oversight um, on Pakoda. I know they actually use empirical data. Yeah, they're, so they're it's like, an oversight listen up. on math. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also fan graphs as well. Fan graphs also pick the Marlins to be last. I know. And, um, and the big argument is, again, that our division is stacked and that they're going to be playing these guys more than any other teams in the league. Um, and then not to yeah. mention the, the interleague play that we're having this season is the AL East, which is also a pretty stacked division. Blue Jays got way better. Uh, Orioles are bad. Red Sox could be bad, but obviously Yankees are a top three lineup in baseball, and the Rays Mm -hmm. are, like I said earlier, will always raise. So my question for you, though, is so what do you think our ceiling is and what do you think our floor is? I think we've already established the floor. That's a great question. Um, I would say that, you know, I think the Marlins could – I don't think the Marlins will make the playoffs this year, and that's simply because of the – Division, I'm sorry to say that. I think that's simply because of the division, because it's so strong, and you're going to see the Braves and Mets most likely being the most competitive, and then the Braves and Nationals, even though we'll get to it, but I don't think the Nationals are that great or the Phillies are that great. But I think I think the Marlins will get the short end of the stick because of the power, but I do think that the Marlins could hang around and probably finish a third or so in the division. I agree. So, I, I, I mean, pains me to say it, Brandon, but I don't think we're making the playoffs this year. I think we could win more than 70 games. I think that is more than a reasonable yeah. uh, amount of games for us to win. I think that people will underestimate, um, like you said, our starting pitching. We had we pulled bullpen dudes out of the middle of nowhere last season after we got clobbered by COVID. Like, people none of us had ever heard of. We had two Josh Smiths on the team. Like, it was an insane. You had uh, an ice skater on the infield. <laughs> we still have an ice skater. Eddie Alvarez is still kicking around. He's still um, there. He's okay, still good. there. I don't, yeah, I don't know. He obviously won't be starting, but he's a utility uh, infield Birdie's player. still absolutely demolishing the ball. Dude, Birdie. Being the biggest pest. Yeah, I know you. I know. Uh, and he's like one of those dudes. He's kind of, I don't, this is an NBA reference, so I don't know if it'll, uh, it'll land positively on you. But very Patrick Beverly esque, just tenacious, does all of the ah, little big things. Beverly guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Pat Bev, um, uh, not mean spirited. I know Pat Beverly has had some. Uh, he's been accused of intentionally injuring players before Brandon, and I don't think John Birdie would ever John, do that. Uh, John Birdie, I've seen, I've seen him <laughs> oh, sliding a little too hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't think we're gonna make the playoffs. I do think we'll win more than seventy games, but I do think also our ceiling is easily third in the division. Uh, we could be Absolutely, better than yeah. the Nationals if the Phillies bullpen doesn't uh improve from that 70 ERA that they averaged last season then they're done i don't care how good their uh their lineup is if they if the pitching's not there to save them then it doesn't matter yeah um and i think there's a slight chance we could get second uh i would hate to have it but if an injury bug hits either of the two big teams and that's like a that's a major problem for them absolutely yeah and then i i think also with the marlins like you guys are you guys i'm on the team we've established we're being (laughs) 
Wait, you're the ice skater. Yeah. You're go. <laughs> uh, gotta go. <laughs> um, you know, I do think like you are a Monty Harrison, a Jazz. Just like if either of them show their true potential this year, or JJ Blade. Yeah. If he comes up and he rakes, it's like you guys are have like the groundwork to be like the Mets in 2015, where we had Conforto come up. Yeah. You know, and make a and we had uh, Degrom come out of nowhere and be a stud, like. If you have these these young players come up and be studs, and you have like the veteran pieces and Duval to complement them and Aguilar, yeah, it's like you guys could turn some heads. I really think that. And if Alcantara continues to do what he's doing, six to eight to the next level, Lopez does. It's like I mean, you guys aren't that far away. Your rotation is not that far from the Braves or Mets, really. I think. I mean, obviously the Braves and Mets have some more veteran guys there, but in the rotation. But I don't see why if there's a couple pl- young players that step up why you guys can't compete. I completely agree. Um, and and with that transition, we're going to be able to easily slide into the next team, which is the Atlanta Braves. Wow. Pakoda has the Atlanta Braves winning 83 games and coming in fourth in this division. I don't trust what do you math. Think of that? I don't, I we, don't trust this. Listen, system. we hate math, okay? <laughs> we're the only baseball guys that hate math. We hate math, all right? We want guys to bunt. <laughs> People should be bunting every time they go up to bat. <laughs> We've said that forever. Um, Pakoda's a small Italian man in Staten Island. <laughs> He's like, you know what? People should be bunting more. <laughs> hey, I, I've said it since the beginning of time. People should be bunting, and they should never steal a base, and they should never swing for power, never walk. Yeah, Pakoda's just <laughs> Pakoda is uh, one of the background characters in The Sopranos. Miranda and I've been watching. Yeah, <laughs> the bunting guy. No. Um. <laughs> anyway, yes, the Braves. So Pakoda has the Braves fourth mm-hmm. like you said and barely fourth they have the, the barely fourth yeah but Fangraphs does have the braves finishing second with 89 wins you know i think the braves for some reason they're they're one win away from the world series up up against the dodgers three to one yes last year in a prime position the braves are consistently good the last few years they have a rotation i know Soroka's out a little bit because he had the achilles injury against the mets last year but they have a very good rotation. They have a very good offense. I think their only blemish is, is the rotation deep enough? Will Drew Smiley and uh, be good? Will, will uh, Charlie Morton be consistent? I know he's getting out there. I know he's been pretty consistent, obviously, with the Rays. But uh, also, Ozuna playing left field. Yeah. Oh, God. I know, dude. That was that was No a... division was hurt more... Than Dude. not having DH. This is a little bit of a preview, I and, and I don't want to backtrack, but ugh, the yeah. worst thing that happened to the Marlins was, was not having the NLDH being Mets too, Braves too, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I, I think the Braves, you know, my, the pessimistic Mets fan in me mm-hmm. would say that the Braves are the clear favorites to finish first. I So that's where I'm at. Obviously, if we're going on the floor and the ceiling, I think the floor is number two, and I think the ceiling is number one. I cannot see... In what world are the Braves finishing behind the Phillies, finishing behind the Nationals? Like, I know those are good teams, and I know those guys have, like, uh, more than their handful of, of talent. But I just don't – I mean, okay, so if we're looking at their depth chart for the for their starting pitching too, I mean, Max Fried, uh, guaranteed number one. Ian Anderson, who's their fourth best pitcher, was scared the hell out of me in the playoffs last season. When I, Like, when we what went up against insane. him. Yeah, he was nasty. And if that's your fourth pitcher, like, on top of one of the most exciting lineups in baseball – with some of the most exciting players in baseball, I including the former MVP, I, I just don't understand how they could possibly have him in fourth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only issue is, like, 
Austin Riley at third base yes. is a big question mark. Big question. Marcelo Zuna is a big question mark in left field. I would say it's not really a question. I think we know what his defense is like in left field. <laughs> There's an answer in left yeah. field, and it's bad. <laughs> it's not what you want. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the question for them is they lost some bullpen pieces. Shane Green left, um, and he's still a free agent for some reason. And um, and and uh, Darren O'Day left too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, um, you know, will when Soroka comes back, is he going to be? I, I think he'll be great because obviously it wasn't an arm, shoulder injury or anything That's like question, that. Though. But will he be consistent? Will Drew Smiley be good? Because then you know the the rotation gets a little thin, but on paper it's pretty good right now. And I you, don't see Char, I don't see Charlie Morton slowing down. No, and everything I I, I, I because we interact with the NLE so much, we do get other beat reporters in, infiltrating our Twitter feed, and it sounds like Charlie Morton's throwing crazy breaking pitches still and if he's got that curveball it doesn't matter he's going to be striking people out left and right and also the key to a the key to a good long like a 80 to 90 100 i don't think they hit 100 wins but a 91 season is starting pitching if you have like a above replacement level starter every single day you're going to win games you just aren't mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and you know i i hate to say it because i want to hate the braves but you know acuna albies freeman Soroka, Freed, Ian Anderson. They're good. They're fun to watch. And also they have that, that Christian Pache kid in center oh, field. Oh, yeah. He's Exciting. Going to be the prospect. next like defensive Andrew Jones stud out there. I don't know how good he is offensively. That'll We'll find that out this year. Um, and, of course, my boy Darno, just absolutely <laughs> raking and hurting our feelings. <laughs> the former Rays legend. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgers legend. He's Dod- on the Dodgers for like a day. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's like the Mike Piazza being on the Marlins for five Yeah, things. it yeah. really was the same sort of thing. Then he became an absolute so let me pitch something to you. I, I was listening to the John Boy uh, Talking Baseball podcast, and they were doing their yeah. their team previews. And they, they threw out something that I think would be an absolute game changer. And if you're a betting man, I know you're not a betting man, Brandon, but if you want to do an MLB futures bet and you think that this is a real possibility, then smash the over for wins on Braves. A big third base trade. So they either acquire Jose Ramirez or Chris Bryant um, and really go for it this wow. season. Do you see that happening at all? I haven't thought about that, but I do. For Chris Bryant will 100% be traded. Absolutely. The Cubs are like one foot in, one foot out. They refuse to bring up their top prospects to start the year so they can control them another year. Those freaks. They were trying to trade Chris Bryant all year, but were asking a ridiculous price. The Mets wouldn't budge on it. I know. I could 100% see that. I did not think about that, but absolutely. I mean, I think Austin Riley has some bat potential, but I think if the Braves are in a, a dogfight with you want to win now, and a couple other teams, that would be a huge trade for them. Yeah, huge trade for them. I don't know what they yeah. would have to give up because you look at the the Boston LA trade, and it's not like it was a blockbuster on on both ends. It was very clearly a one sided trade. And yeah, I, and especially because uh, I think Bryant's in uh, the last years of his contract, right? Yeah, so, yeah, he is. Yeah, so so I mean, at that point, the the Cubs would be selling low on him, but you'd imagine they're going to trade him. There, because it seems like otherwise he's going to walk. Like they're, yeah, and, and it seems nothing. like they're and they get nothing exactly. I mean, uh, you know, in Pat, I mean. Arenado was just traded, and the Rockies got nothing. So yeah, that's also true. There seems yeah. to be a, a weird movement in Major League Baseball of teams just dumping their prize players for not that much. And Cleveland already was willing to part with Lindor, so <laughs> if the, like maybe they for not just, that much. Yeah, for not that much. Also, also. The, the weird thing is, I think the Chris Bryant thing will be really interesting because the that division, the NL Central, is so bad, uh, or like not so bad, but there's just not one clear favorite that. 
any of those teams could be in it. And if the Cubs are in it come the trade deadline, I don't necessarily see them getting rid of Bryant, especially if they think a deep playoff run would cause, cause him like uh, some reason to re-sign with them in the long term. I don't foresee them being in it just because of their lack of pitching right now. Yeah, that's fair. But I, so you have the Cardinals. Okay, we're already uh, getting off on. <laughs> you <laughs> NL think the Cardinals Central, and the Brewers win? Uh, NL cease. Yeah, NL cease. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think we both agree. The ceiling for this Braves team is is winning the division and making a deep playoff run and potentially going to the World Series. I mean, obviously you have to get past the uh, reigning champs to do that, but. Um, it's baseball, or the Padres, baby. Yeah. Or the Padres, too. Yeah. Uh, we're going to the NL Weast podcast. NL Weast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Moving right along here. Pakoda in third place has the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, Brandon, I'm not going to lie. The Phillies are the team I know or care the least about in this division. I am not a huge <laughs> Phillies guy. Phillies fans, I know you're not listening because nobody's listening. But let me just tell you, not a big, not a big Phillies fan. Uh, what do you think of this team? So if you watched the Phillies last year, their defense was a level of atrocious that was (laughs) hard to describe. I mean, the Mets weren't much better last year watching them. But the Phillies decided offensively – they decided to just bring those players back. Everybody. (laughs) Like Didi Gregorius, great, great player. Love having him on the team. Love seeing him. Seems like a nice dude. Hits hits like 20 home runs every year. Steals a few bases for you. But the man cannot play shortstop anymore. <laughs> and uh, they have their their slugger, Alec Baum, who's just confused on the left side. Of, like, the common theme oh, in the dude. NL East is players confused on the left side <laughs> of the diamond. <laughs> it seems to be the reoccurring mm, I'm theme. I'm starting to see a little bit of truth to that. <laughs> we have Brian Anderson, uh, uh, an above-average third baseman. But, yeah, That's I true. completely agree with you. That, Marlins do not fit. They do have a really but, great uh, infield, though. You know, like uh, I know Alec Bohm is uh, yeah. is uh, offensively, yeah. yeah, is like a high ceiling dude, and he hasn't completely developed obviously into the player that they think he is. But I know he played well last season. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess they have a they're playing Didi at shortstop. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think of Reese Hoskins though? He's a big power bat over on that first base side again. Maybe a team also that probably didn't benefit from um, from the NLDH not yeah. being implemented. You know, I think the Phillies are going to hit some dongs, you know, especially in Citizens Bank Park. They're going to hit some homers. Some dingers I mean, are going to be smashed. Uh-huh. I mean, if you if you look at their lineup, it's they have some impressive players in that team. I know they have the Mickey Moniak kid coming up, possibly Manning mm-hmm. center field at some point. Uh, Kingery didn't make the team. He was so atrocious in spring training, not a good which is sign. wild. Yeah, not a but good also, sign. I think he was part of the problem sometimes. Uh, That's fair. Uh, defensively, but... The Phillies, aside from their defense, the Phillies' big problem was obviously the bullpen last year, which was consistently blowing games for them. Almost like, um, yeah, I think I think the the stat is they had the second worst bullpen ERA in the history of baseball. <laughs> just <laughs> just uh, atrocious isn't strong enough of a word. These like absolutely blowing games left and right, and obviously the Marlins had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, specifically from the Philadelphia Phillies, because it was some uh, some shit talking that happened in the. Um, on the post-game broadcast or pre-game broadcast that you need to beat the bottom feeders. Marlins rallied mm-hmm. around that. But they did they did make some adjustments to their bullpen. They brought in um, former Marlin great Brandon Kinsler, <laughs> ground ball pitcher, <laughs> not a strikeout closer that you want, but I think they're going to have uh, either Archie Bradley or Hector Neris filling in that, that closer position. But I think their bullpen will definitely be on the up. I not No spoilers, but uh, we are doing a, uh, a segment coming up called Feast or Famine, and I was kind of high on the Phillies' bullpen as far as contrast to how they played last season. Absolutely. No, I think the Phillies' 
bullpen will obviously improve. Can't get much worse than that. And obviously, I think it would have leveled off in the full 162 game season. Absolutely, bullpens are true. finicky. We know that. Yeah, there are certainly games last year where Hector Neris and Edwin Diaz would just be like, "Okay, who can blow the game <laughs> quicker?" It seemed like. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean the Phillies. I'm not very high on because they basically brought back the same exact team. They yeah. brought back the same team. Truly the exact same team with, like, a couple bullpen options. Obviously, concerned that Archie Bradley was added and uh, Jose Alvarado. That's the deal I was thinking of. And starting uh, starting at rotation, Nolo Wheeler, fantastic. Great. Love to see those guys. Zach Eflin, uh, I yeah. don't know what's going on after that. The same way that we talked about how the Braves could win so many games because of how good and deep their starting pitching is, it's the exact opposite for this Phillies team, in my opinion. Like, obviously, Nola, phenomenal. Cy Young potential. Like, very, very talented pitcher. Wheeler, great pitcher. Um, but then after that, it's a lot of names that you don't really know, especially if you're not an NL East fan. Yeah, well, it seemed like uh, the Phillies were Dombrowski came and he and he obviously he he took the uh, I think I think he's the president now of the Phillies. I don't know. They're making and it up, seemed like he yeah. titles get made up for know. baseball front offices. It, it feels yeah. like so much. He's he's Mister Mister King Man. There we go. Of the Phillies, big time big boy <laughs> of the Phillies. And, uh, that's uh, a, that's his official title, big time big boy of the Phillies. <laughs> and the, remember the rumor at the beginning of uh, of uh, of uh, the off season was like, oh, the Phillies need to shed $500 million in payroll. <laughs> <laughs> or something crazy. Oh, real reasonable. They're, That's a very reasonable ask. And people are like, are the Mets going to trade for Zach Wheeler again? <laughs> <laughs> Can we have him back, please? Uh, yeah. What do you <laughs> think What do you think of the potential the for Bryce Harper to, to have another MVP caliber season is, though? Do you think that's implied? Impossible. I don't know. I think it seems like Bryce has become an all-or-nothing hitter. He's, I've seen that Chris Davis level yeah. uh, all-or-nothing, but... You know, he when you see another left-handed bat like Freddie Freeman come up, uh, you want him up in those positions because he's going to shorten up his swing. He's going to hit to the opposite field. Bryce is like, I might hit a home run. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I like, sure hope like, I do. Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny. I feel like Bryce going to the Phillies was a mistake. I know it's obviously two-year-old news now. Yeah. but And for the, um, the contract that he signed, too, I think is something that you need to take into play as well. Yeah, I mean, great, great, great look for the Phillies. Like him and Reese Hoskins look like Philadelphia bullies. Yeah, you know? yeah that's true. <laughs> he <laughs> but, hit uh, so he hit two sixty eight last season. And obviously, we every there's an asterisk next to that entire season because of that. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. But what's wild? Okay, so like an average batting average, really not something to to blow out of the park. But he had a nine sixty two OPS, and his <laughs> he didn't walk a ton. Um, oh wait, no. Okay, wait. He had forty nine walks last season. All right. A little off with that, but um, but I think that OPS is really indicative of exactly what you said. Uh, an average of 268, and then he's slugging so much, it just means that he's he's clobbering the ball or he's sitting down. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. We'll um, I don't foresee – my Phillies prediction is not high on them whatsoever. You know, I do think they'll win some game. they'll smash some – some balls, <laughs> hit some dongs. So, uh, yeah, so clobber some, uh, clobber some leather. Clobber some, <laughs> some strings will be uh, broken on the ball. <laughs> well, okay. Well, this asks the this bears the question though: uh, ceiling and floor. Ceiling and floor on the Phillies. Floor, I would say last place. Honestly, I don't think they do have some talent. Obviously, I don't think they're a, a team with Nola Wheeler and then an offensive Harper Rioboto. We didn't talk about. We haven't even talked Baum, about Bomb yeah. Hoskins Segura. Probably is not going to finish last realistically, but I think it's possible. I mean, they're, if their bullpen is like last year, if they have nothing past Wheeler, if they get an injury or two to that offense, they're not looking too good in my opinion. That's a lot of ifs, obviously. I, so I would say 
highest wild card, lowest fourth, fifth place. Uh, I completely agree. I think yeah, third in the division is probably their ceiling, and last is 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 obviously their floor. I this the way we talked about the injury bug. If if Wheeler or Nola get injured, what are they gonna do, dude? They're gonna be losing games left and right. Like the as bad as their bullpen was last season, if their starting pitching is uh, below average uh, for a, a majority of the year, barring some awful injury. To, and obviously, we don't wish injuries upon anybody. That doesn't that doesn't need to be said. But well, Sam, you do. Okay, I'm off mic. so I I burned a couple Aaron Nola dolls in effigy. Who cares? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this team doesn't. I came out shit talking right from the get go. I'm sticking with that baby. This team does not impress me. I'm not scared of them. I don't care if I piss off Philly. They're gonna throw batteries at me and Santa Claus. I don't care. Uh, uh-huh. I I am just not scared of them, and and for them to be ranked above the I know Pakoda's using math, whatever that is, but for me, <laughs> for them to be above the Braves is just is really really insane, really really insane. You know, Fangraphs kind of justifies both of our points. They predict the Phillies to finish eighty one and eighty one, five hundred record, okay. obviously, um, fourth place behind the Nationals, ahead of the Marlins. So that's kind of. Our, our summation of them as well. I agree. Yeah. It, uh, it Honestly, it sounds like Fangraphs um, mapped out kind of what our prediction of what the division will look like a lot better than Pakoda did, which is a little strange. But, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, that brings they us to They also use math. They also different math. Different math. These baseball guys, <laughs> they love math. It's so fun. Um, but that brings us to our, our potential third place team, which is the Washington Nationals. Obviously, 2019 World Series winners um, have, a, have a bunch of veteran hard dealing pitchers that you're scared of Max Scherzer's cursing you out the moment you step into the box. Um, what do you think of the nationals, Brandon? So they made some interesting moves in the off season. They added Schwarber, they added Josh Bell, which are kind of also all or nothing guys. I like to say, you very for that. swing for the fences guys, swing for the fences guys, which is an interesting addition to that team. Cause you know, if you look at their core right now, obviously Soto is the all-star. He's, he's like the focal point of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, Brian Zimmerman's still kicking around. He's there. <laughs> uh, Robles, who's never really come into his own yeah, offensively, but it's still Great like piece a, on, a, on a team, but a defensive but, uh, uh, nightmare though, if you're, if you're going against him. Yeah, that's true. His range is, wild. um, yeah. So, I mean, they're very, they're questionable for me because also now they have Josh Harrison and, uh, and uh, Starling Castro, your boy. I know, uh, former Marlins great, Starling Castro. <laughs> Marlin great, yeah, yeah, on the left side of the infield, which is very questionable, in, yeah. in my opinion, because Carter Keboom, they did not give him the starting role out of spring training. Which is disappointing. Yeah, if you're not familiar, Carter Keboom is by far their, their only good prosper, <laughs> like, young player. The yeah, Nationals have the worst, uh, uh, the worst farm system in all of baseball, which seems to be a consensus opinion. Yeah, the out of all the teams that I think – their their floor before you ask me their floor is low i think because if you look at obviously they have soto like i said i listed all those players the back end of their lineup is yeah let's take a look at that jan gomes i think yeah, jan gomes jan robles gomes, robles and and then i guess castro and it's not looking good obviously they're going like to strike out a lot these guys and it's not like they have somebody to platoon with schwarber like they're you're just going to hope that schwarber is going up against a right-handed pitcher cuz otherwise he's going to be batting like 180 for the for the remainder of the season yeah so it seem to me it seems like the nationals are on their downturn their post world series downturn i agree obviously scherzer and strasburg they're getting up there in age corbin's throwing like 89 miles per hour he's fine <laughs> we can obviously. hit corbin <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can hit i could hit that yeah. <laughs> brandon and i yeah like two white claws deep on the couch at a 7 p.m wednesday night you know i could hit out this guy if i had the right time 
I'm going to tweet at Corbin. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> we should make enemies. Patrick Corbin, official enemy of the NL Feast podcast. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, like what you said, they do, again, very similar to the uh, the Phillies. They have two great pitchers right at the beginning of their, mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of their rotation. And Corbin's still good. I don't and Corbin's still we good, hate, absolutely. We, obviously, he's an enemy. but John Lester's their number four, though. Lester was their other addition. So they added, like, these guys that are, you know, I'm not going to say – not Schwarber and Bell. They're not washed up. But Lester's towing the line of that. Yeah. We like Lester. Yeah. We respect Lester. You respect Lester. But another slow pitcher. <laughs> not throwing heat. <laughs> Nobody's throwing heat on this team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess Scherzer's throwing heat. Strasburg's throwing some heat. Yeah, but he's he's not throwing heat <laughs> like he was a uh, rookie season. That's His true. injuries have That's fouled true. up. Honestly, again, another candidate for, man, we really wish there was a National League designated hitter. Ryan Zimmerman's going to be running one mile an hour across <laughs> Across all of the base bats, uh, or he, Josh Bell. He's the NL Brett Gardner. Brett oh, Gardner's dude, the AL Brett comparison. Gardner. Yeah. Except I feel Just like. Just a guy who signs a one year deal every year with the same, same team, team he came up with. Also, it's. it's I, The only difference is I feel like people like Ryan Zimmerman. I like Ryan Zimmerman. I've talked to. I have a bunch of friends that are, uh, that are Rays fans, so they see Brett Gardner all the time, and they hate Brett Gardner. Have you seen that gif of him or that clip of him just slamming his bat into the top of the dugout over that, and over? What? They never explain that. Like a maniac. <laughs> that is some maniac shit. What are you doing, man? Just like. And everyone's. Not, no one's looking at him in the dugout. Everyone's accepting it and going, yep, yep, that's Brett. This is what happens. Big old Klingon head. Yeah, he truly <laughs> looks like he's going to battle Superman. Like, his head is so <laughs> so big. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I think that, I mean, what do you think the Nationals? Could they win? Could they get in second place in this division? And what world can the Nationals get in second? You know, I feel like we're being negative on, on a lot of these teams. Next to the Phillies, the Nationals are the ones that I think really could finish last. Yeah, yeah. I really do, because I'm obviously, like I said, they have Soto. But that that back end of that lineup is not good. No, not at all. It's not good. No. And unless Keyboom comes up, they bring him up, and he starts raking. Unless Robles comes into his own, there's a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs with this team. And again, we I I like Josh Bell. I like a switch hitting first baseman. I think that's fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Kyle Schwarber, but that's (laughs) that's a different story. (laughs) But Uh, the man can still hit 30 home runs. I don't like clobber home runs too. It would be interesting. I don't think they would ever do this. But Schwarber played a little catcher. What if they booted Jan Gomes out? Put in Kyle Schwarber at catcher, Josh Bell at first, or Ryan Zimmerman at first, and then I don't you're know. saying that if they really just gave a middle they finger really... to their defense, <laughs> yeah, just like we're not we're not doing a damn thing on defense. But then, okay, wait, what's that lineup look like? So you move Schwarber. Oh, but they don't have a they don't have a backup left fielder. What are they going to throw out there? I'm looking. I mean, Soto plays right field. Oh, they have that Andrew Stevenson, right? Yeah, that dude. That seems to be their utility outfielder. Um, but what do you think the chances are Soto wins MVP? I mean, his he's one of the best hitters in baseball. If he could do anything defensively, I think the argument's there. It's tough, right? Because a lot of times you'll find the MVP and the Cy Young are both on good teams. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. But with that being said, obviously, like, DeGrom's won the Cy, Cy Young when the Mets were not good. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, I know we, this is a Jacob DeGrom podcast, first and foremost. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I obviously couldn't see Soto winning the NL MVP. There's a lot of candidates, though, for that, right? Yeah, you got for Mookie sure. Betts, Tatis. Bellinger. Him. Acuna. Bellinger. Acuna, Lindor, maybe. Yeah, truly. You know. Yeah, Lindor. I saw. Was, uh, we'll get into it, but it was smashing in the spring training. He started raking. Yeah, up. smashing. Um, um but, <laughs> uh, but I think the I I do think their ceiling is uh, if everything goes right. Truly, if everything goes right, then I think they could be third, maybe inching on second. I mean, it would again take an injury bug for one of the higher up teams, but it the possibility is there. 
I the the way that I dislike the Phillies, I do not feel feel poorly about the Nationals. I think the Nationals are a fun team. I love Soto. I so the Soto shuffle though, uh, it turned around on me. I went from loving it in real baseball and then playing him at MLB the Show and throwing three balls, and then he Soto shuffles me, and all I want to do is peg him. <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> just like fuck this guy grabbing his balls and staring me down. Who does he think he is? I just like how someone had to program that. Yeah. Oh, dude, know? that's a very good point. Yeah, somebody had do to be you... like. <laughs> Some make sure it looks like he's really grabbing his nuts here. Yeah, <laughs> there's like no more nuts grabbing. <laughs> They're not big That's... enough. <laughs> Screaming. That's in the, the EA Sports vice president. <laughs> Listen, I want one thing: money and bigger balls for Juan Soto. <laughs> it's Bakoda, and it's <laughs> oh my god! And he keeps talking about bunting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Nationals. I think this national team will be fun. I'm not. I'm not going to look forward to having to go against Josh Bell or Kyle Schwarber, but I'm also not worried about really any uh, any defense on their on their end. So, I mean, yeah, floor, last place, ceiling, third place, maybe second, depending what kind of season Soto has and if Strasburg. And yeah, I mean, I guess and... what you got to like about them, they've also been there, right? Also true. Yeah. Next to the Braves, they're the only team that have really been there. Obviously, your Marlins did make it last year to the playoffs, but. The Nationals have been there. They have experience there. Schwarber has experience there. Josh Bell does not have experience there. Yeah. So, I mean, they could bring their veteran presence and maybe – and Soren Castro obviously has tons of experience. So, they could bring their veteran presence and, and put a good team together. I don't see it. And out of all the teams in the NL East, I would pick them to maybe fall to the basement. Yeah, well, the math uh, boys so love them for a second, which is just really strange to me. I, can't, I truly can't believe that. Um, but, Brandon, yes. number one, this yes. has got to feel good. Number one, but Pakota projected to win 92 games, 91.8 games, is your New York Mets, Queens Legends. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is Fangraphs also has the Mets in first. Okay. With 92 wins. Okay. Which is, listen, we don't like math here at this no, podcast. No, we hate math. Famously hate math. <laughs> hate math here. But we will say that those are the most linear stats. There's that consistency I've seen there. Today. Consistency yes, there. I agree. No, obviously it's a very exciting time in Mets land. This was probably the most exciting offseason since I've been a fan, which is which is going on 20-plus years of my life um, from the 99 Mets on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the Wilpons sold the Mets. Steve Cohen came in, guns blazing. And, Immediately you know, the, wanted, lit Twitter on fire. Lit Twitter on fire, <laughs> left Twitter, pissed off the <laughs> Barstool Sports guys. I forgot about that. And, I forgot that Steve Cohen and now left Twitter. At, he did. He left Twitter. Now he came back and recently, you know, obviously as we're recording this, they have not yet signed Lindor to a large contract extension. But they had dinner the other night, Brandon. They had dinner. <laughs> they had dinner. Because he told us. That he told he us. said they what had. they ordered. <laughs> Lindor had chicken parm. <laughs> Honestly. <if laughs> Whose he... owner says what they had for dinner? Yeah, just tweeting selfies at, at, a, at a dimly lit, masked up restaurant in Queens. <laughs> also, <laughs> if you want to endear yourself to Mets fans, you got to order chicken parm. What a what a what a A plus order. Pagoda would like that. Pagoda Pagoda loves chicken parm, <laughs> <why>. baby. <laughs> he loves it. Uh, um, no, but it, obviously a very exciting time in Mets land. Um, you know, some Mets fans were actually disappointed because we're we're built innately in our systems to be upset and angry at all times. <laughs> yes, you know we had we had f- like thirty five, forty years of the Wilpons, and you know now, but we're still because of that uh, that rearing by them, their training that they did to us. We're still we're disappointed. Some of us, I wasn't. Some of us were still disappointed. In the off season, you had your eyes on get a real Muto. Yeah, no, Jer- no George Springer. 
no Springer. But we got Francisco Lindor for what was a pretty small price to pay. Obviously, if Absolutely. he walks at the end of, the end of this year, you're a little upset. We also got Carlos Carrasco, who's starting the year injured, but I, I think he'll that. be back mid-May. Yeah, they said it was like a four- to six-week injury. injury. Yeah. So um, we got James McCann, who we had Wilson Ramos just like <laughs> just like being a brick wall back there. Rolling his, yeah, <laughs> rolling him out there on the stretcher. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like getting a ball thrown to him when <laughs> – a, a runner's running. He's on third base, and he just needs to tag him out, but he somehow misses he it. Just, oh, just, we love Wilson Ramos, but, you know, he he's not made for a championship team. I agree. I think, yeah. But we have James McCann now, who, who's impressed in spring training. He did really well. Coming from the White Sox? He was on the White Sox previously, right? White Sox, yeah. I think he split time with Grandal there, so mm-hmm. a little worrisome for me. This is just my own brain that he wasn't really their full-time starter. Yeah, I can see but, that. But, uh, yeah. Um, but you know what? Obviously, very exciting to have him. Exciting to have a real catcher. Stroman came back. We oh. got Taiwan Walker, who obviously is, you know, Walker interests me because every time he pitches, he always has like a two point nine ERA. I think that's what he had uh, <laughs> last year. But he was he missed two full years. He missed yeah. twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. There's Tommy John, I think, a shoulder issue as well. Um, but he he excites me, and he's also like six five and wears number ninety nine, which is an exciting mark. We love that, thing. yeah, we love that. Also, <laughs> we love the ninety. I love your uh, your your pitching depth though too. I mean, obviously Degrom, Cy Young caliber player, like probably will win it. I know he's the betting favorite to win it this year in the NL. Um, I love Stroman. Stroman is so much fun. Stroman is everything. So exciting. What, everything what baseball needs to be right now. He's like the Tatis of, of pitchers. Like just appropriately outspoken. Um, embracing like the the new age culture of baseball, um, full of swag, trying stuff all the time. He's like if Bauer was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Bauer should be what we want. I know, dude. <laughs> but all of us are like, no. He had like a six month period <laughs> where he was like a little beloved by. Ba- Remember when he just like chucked the ball into center field at the end of the the 2019 yeah. season? He just like got pissed and and then immediately I turned around and apologized and then was like. You're doing good on Twitter, but then you, yeah, then it just really went downhill. Really went downhill. So that was actually uh, a question that people were asking Trevor or asking Francisco Lindor because he was like, "How did you react to that?" And Francisco Lindor apparently like berated him. No way. He was like, "What are you doing?" No yeah, way. Apparently, he went to the locker room and like kind of like roasted him a little bit. But Bauer knew what he did was messed up. So yeah, he actually had some self awareness, um, and uh, I guess listened to Lindor. Um, but yeah, no. Obviously, I'm glad the Mets didn't pick up Bauer. I think that probably would have been a disaster, especially with New York. Yeah, dude. Especially with him pitching with one eye. You know, we don't need that. You dodged but, a bullet. Oh, the pitching with one eye thing was so funny. That was so, <laughs> just immediately hitting somebody. Like, what the hell did you think was going to happen, man? You can't pitch like, with dude, one eye. Dude, you have a lethal weapon. You're throwing <laughs> something a hundred miles per hour. You could human. kill somebody. <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, I think you really did dodge a bullet with that. Like, Bauer obviously is a very talented player, but I know. I really think so. They said they're cutting down on those, like, uh, foreign substances pitchers are using, and he's just openly admitted to using pine tar. And he's and just making stuff. t-shirts yeah. that says more pine tar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, so no, I, th- I think the Mets, instead of, I think they have an exciting team. Lindor's exciting, Strom's exciting, DeGrom's very serious on the mound, but he's exciting to watch pitch. Um, you know, Conforto's obviously a great ball player. I mean, overall, the Mets' offense is extremely exciting. And normally, historically, the Mets are a pitching team. Yeah. They have strong pitching, their offense is pretty good. But you got it all there. They, now. I mean, this. This is should be on paper a great offensive team. They did show that in spring training. Obviously, you don't put too much thought into spring Marlins, training. Marlins, Grapefruit League champions two years in a row now, baby. Let's go. 
Okay, maybe I'm on that. Maybe you do put some thought in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Marlins fans are like, we're holding on to anything we can get, baby. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, you no, know, but, uh, but I don't know. It's a very exciting time to be a Mets fan, despite people not being happy and people are going to, if they don't sign. Uh, besides Mets fans being Mets fans and not being happy. Besides us being miserable. <laughs> no, but if they don't sign Lindor, I'm sure people will lose their mind. But you know what? It's not, I would love to, for him to be on the Mets for 10 years. I would love it. However, Trevor Story is a free agent. Correa is a free agent. Yeah. Javi Baez is a free agent. Seager is a free agent. There's a big surplus in shortstops. And you have to know that Steve Cohen, with all of his money, is going to come out and he's going to, He's going to get one of these guys on the Mets. For he's sure. going to replace Lindor if Lindor doesn't want to sign. But I think he'll sign. And, you know, the biggest issue with the Mets is same exact thing. That left side, Dom Smith <laughs> in left field. J.D. Davis at third base. Listen, you know, we're just not looking good defensively. They're Nimmo having to play center field, yeah. although he's looked pretty good. Um, with Nimmo, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, they actually have him playing further back because he feels more comfortable coming in on balls and going. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Um and he's played better okay. uh, defensively, but I'd say he's not. You know, he's not going to be an Andrew Jones out there. No. Um, so defensively, you know, that's where it hurts the most. Talk to me about Pete Alonso. Um, Are you expected Pete? I know he had a really slow start to the beginning of the season last year, and then came on hot at the very end and kind of evened it all out. But you, yeah, it's funny. Pete still hit 16 homers. Last yeah, year. wild, you know? isn't and that if insane? If you look at his stat, yeah, and he hadn't. I think his OPS was really high towards the uh, the tail end of the year as well. So. Pete was been raking in spring training. He shut off all the social media. I think it was more of a mental thing for him. I think it was that sophomore slump. That, that happens, about. dude. That really happens in yeah, baseball specifically. It's a real thing. So, um, no, I expect a, a monster year from Pete. And, and Pete's another guy that's just, you know, great personality for New York. Yeah. You know, like Stroman brings a lot of swagger to the team. Just a goofball guy. Um, it's a very exciting time to be a Mets fan. Obviously, we don't want to get too optimistic because, we're, like I said, we're conditioned. Understandably so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very high on them, concerned Still concerned with the back end of rotation, obviously, mm-hmm. like we said. like, Yeah, who's know, this like dude? David Peterson. Who's David yeah. Peterson? <laughs> <laughs> who's that? ESPN has him as your fifth starter, and I said, I don't even have the slightest clue who this guy is. <laughs> so Peterson uh, was – so last year when our starting pitching depth was like Jacob deGrom and like five guys that work at the Ice King of Corona <laughs> in Queens – um, he came up uh, from Double A. He had never pitched above Double A, and uh, he was good. He was good. He pitched like a it was a three, three year. You have the stat. Yeah, he had. I just had it. He was. He had a six two win loss record, and threw uh, with a three four four ERA in twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean it's solid. Just a really solid one two one lefty whip. to have. Yeah, I think where he where he impressed um, where he impressed was uh, some of his. Uh, high leverage situations okay like base loader one out you know his first start against he the didn't Red get Sox, shook and he, and he got out of jams didn't get shook yeah he, he's very poised six six left hand young so kid too i didn't realize that. he's pretty young too 25 years yeah old. very young i mean he, he was you know he was a top 10 prospect for the mets uh before he came up so i'm excited about peterson i like him cool what he's an underrated guy and then uh they have they might be doing an opener this year the mets interesting we're gonna have edwin diaz try to blow the game in the beginning <laughs> how are they gonna manage that really though that's my He's question a, for you though like what do you how do you feel about your bullpen how do you feel about your closer situation you're still relying on edwin diaz who obviously probably brings instills more fear into mets fans than anybody else the bullpen's scary man mm-hmm. i mean obviously edwin has the stuff and it's funny if you play fantasy you see edwin's like the top ranked reliever He's, one yeah, of the top ranked relievers. for sure um but you know he has the stuff and, and he was pretty good up until his last start recently 
in there. I feel okay. You know, Lou goes out for a little bit, which hurts, but they signed Trevor May from the Twins, who, another great personality YouTube, guy. YouTube, um, yeah, I followed him on YouTube for a while, and he was just has all of these thumbnails of him, like, mouth agape with Fortnite stills behind him. He just, he seems like a very interesting, funny dude. Yeah, no clue what he's talking about. He runs, like, a virtual <laughs> football team. Don't know what that is, but it's cool. I like it. He's a social um, media influencer, baby. I'm going to be sell- selling him some portable <laughs> phone chargers soon. <laughs> We hope. Fingers crossed. Honestly, I'd love to. What if you have to interview him or he Mm. interviews you? Ooh, okay. Now we're talking. Yeah, Trevor May interview me. I got a lot to say, baby. (laughs) I got a lot to say. (laughs) No, I like Trevor May. I I think your bullpen will be fine. If Edwin Diaz uh, doesn't perform, though, I think you're going to move on pretty quickly. I think you're going to need to – I don't think you'll maybe – I mean, could you see you picking up somebody in the trade deadline? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the nice thing is, like, when the Wolpons were here, we didn't know what was going to happen, right? Yeah. They're like – Oh yeah, maybe we'll half step and we'll 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 pick up uh, Dylan Batanzas, like what happened prior to this regime, you know, mm-hmm. um, who's absolutely toast, and he's he's the, who they're going to move away from first. He's throwing yeah. like eighty nine miles per hour, Oof. you know, he just doesn't have it after then. his injury. Like the Yankees walked away from him for a reason, yeah. right? You got you got to think that. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have some exciting arms in the bullpen. Miguel Castro is a guy they picked up actually last year that everyone was like, what are you doing? Because they gave away another <laughs> big prospect for him. Yeah. Um, but he's pitched really well. He's he's also like a 6'6", just like. You love your tall boys. There. Love your tall boys. We love the tall boys. We love the tall boys. But no, it's an <laughs> exciting time to be a Mets fan for sure. I'm really looking forward to the season. Um, you know, I think the, the Mets, the high on this is uh, – uh, I you know I think they could win win the division, but I think the Braves are stiff competition, and the rest of the rest of the division is not they're not going to be slouches, you know. Um, I so I think they'll be in this. I think they'll at least be competing for a wild card for sure, barring any injuries to the starting rotation. That's always the caveat. Right? That's always the caveat. Yeah, I think yeah I'm I'm high. I, obviously, their ceiling is winning the division, right? Um, I think their floor is second. I mean, I listen as a Marlins fan, it breaks my heart to say that the Braves and uh, the Mets will be this good this season, but it's just, it's frankly the truth. Um, Francisco Lindor. So happy. He, if he ended up in New York, goes on the Mets and not the Yankees uh, outside of him having to play the Marlins as much, because I don't want him to have to like cut his hair and look like a shitty Yankee, play, like lose all of the fun. That is Francisco Lindor. Same things that make Stroman fun. Just like big personalities on the baseball field. You really want that. Yeah, it's funny. There was already an article that was like, if the Mets don't sign Francisco Lindor, the Yankees are going to be competition this summer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on already, please. We don't need this. We can't please do that. stop. Um, all right, Brandon, we're getting, close to, we're getting close to an hour here, so I'm going to skip one of our topics. Do you have a preference on which? We have, okay, for the listeners out there who are, are not looking at the Google Doc, we have potential award winners, which I feel like we touched on a little bit already by going through the team specifically. A bit, yeah. Or, and you got to love this name. The feast or famine segment. Let's do a feast or Let's famine. Let's do feast or famine. All right. I'm going to get started here. I'm going to do my first feast. So we didn't really touch on this, um, but the Marlins have a, uh, or what's the blank by riches? What's that saying? Help me here. Uh, oh, uh, um, not oh, wealth a, of riches, uh, oh, but God. when you have too much of a good thing. Yes. A, uh, a, uh, something of riches. Uh, a, uh, I wanted to say stagnant of riches, but that doesn't make sense. Um, no. Uh, 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 I'm Googling of riches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just got riches products. All right. Anyways, we, a wealth of riches. I don't remember. Anyways. Something like that. Um, 
We have two we have two first basemen that could hit 30 home runs this season. No problem. Embarrassment and, of riches. Thank you. Yes. There it is. Okay. We have an embarrassment of riches at the first base <laughs> position. Um and so much so that I've I've heard rumors. I wouldn't say this is a uh, at all a concrete option, but or a concrete thing that will happen, but it is definitely an option. Um which is platooning Dickerson and Duval in left field, putting Garrett Cooper in right field and uh, having Aguilar start at first base all the time. Cooper does have the ability to play right field. He played a little third base, too, I think. Um, and he's, frankly, been hitting, like, one of our, like, hands down, one of our best hitters. Like, this dude smashes the ball. Um, I think he was hitting close to 400 in spring training. Uh, always going yard. He had a couple clutch home runs in the postseason and obviously leading up to the postseason when we needed him to, to kind of guarantee our, our playoff berth. Um but it also leads to my famine, which is what the hell? Something we've been talking about this entire time. No National League designated hitter. What are we doing? Like I, for about 10 seconds uh, a year ago, I was like, yeah, we shouldn't have one. And then I thought about it and I was like, baseball wants to be fun. Why do I want to go and watch Pablo Lopez try to hit a fastball that he has no bit? He didn't train to do this. He didn't put in the effort to learn to do this. This is not what he concentrates on. Uh, it's just stupid, dude. It, it really upsets me that, that baseball is very clearly using this as a bargaining chip. Um, for when the when they have to go into discussion at the end of the season, and it's like shooting yourself in the foot, man. You want to sell this game? You what sells more games than home runs? What's more exciting for a casual viewer who's not making a podcast about a division in baseball than uh, than watching home runs get hit? And it's, and it's just really frustrating. I'm sure you feel the same way. Absolutely. I mean, you know, personally being a fan of a team that would have benefited greatly from it. And also not only that, but the pitchers could get injured. Yeah. That, that happened to I Zach mean, Gallen. Like, they haven't in been Arizona. in a year plus. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So and, and it's upsetting because I mean, we're going to see a star pitcher get injured on, in the national league. hundred percent. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Batting or running the bases or, or something. It's going to happen. It, dude. I mean, that's MLB has to answer for that. It happened to Zach Gallen. They said he had some sort of strain and they, they said it wasn't from pitching. It was from hitting and he's the diamondbacks best pitcher. Um, former Marlin. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, I agree. I didn't even take that into account as like the potential for injury to players. And again, that's yeah, you're making your product worse. And I don't understand why baseball is so obsessed <laughs> with making their product worse. It doesn't make any sense. And it, it's also one of the very few things, few things where it seems like it has like a 90% agree upon rate. Like it, like it's not an unpopular opinion that the national league should have a designated hitter. They did it last season. Why aren't you doing it again? Like it just, yeah, very, very yeah. See, I, you know, it's funny. I was actually a purist before and I was like, no, I like the strategy in it. But then actually after watching a full or a 60 game season with the DH, I was like, that's kind of a better product. This is better, a better product. to it's watch. more fun to watch. It's awkward to watch the pitcher. And you have to think every time, you know, when it goes to the commercial break, if you're watching at home and it says, oh, we have the seven, eight, nine hitter coming up. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's an out right there. Yeah, Most exactly. likely. I mean, there's some pitchers that rake, you know, there's a few in the NL East for sure. But, I mean, there's no point in that. It's it's better – it's just better, like you said, better for the product. And I think issues like this is going to cause a lockout, you know, next yeah. year. So, we have this full season under our belt. We'll see how it goes with the pitcher. But What are we going to do, Brandon? We, we start a podcast, and after one season, the baseball is going to have <laughs> – it's going to sit out an entire year. We're going to be screwed. We're going to be itching for content. We talk about college basketball, FSU. <laughs> it's a basketball school. And it's like, yeah, Patrick Beverly. I know who that is. Mm, I'm a Beverly boy. <laughs> uh, what about you? Give me your feast. Give me your famine. What are you, what are you feeling today? Oh, man. Okay. So um, I'm going to be a homer on my feast. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm I did it homer. already, too. I did it already, too. I can't throw it. You stones. already did. I'm going to say, you know, the Mets offense. 
I really think it's it's exciting because they have a player at every single position that could hit twenty home runs for sure. Every single position yeah. they could hit twenty home runs easy. And then they've got they have guys like Jonathan VR, former Marlin as well. Oh, dude, um, I meant to get into uh, him. Kevin Pillar. <laughs> you got too many Pillars on your team. VR. Uh, they're they're on the bench, and you know, on other teams they would be starting. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Villar did so, start for the Marlins last year, and I'll tell you what: when he's up three zero in a count, and you watch him swing at three curveballs in the dirt in a row, and he strikes out, you will feel the frustration hey, that I had. I didn't say I was excited. About <laughs> he also okay. This is a little bit of a tangent, but that he loves getting picked off at first. There are very few players I've seen that are more excited at the prospect of not even attempting <laughs> to steal, of just pushing their luck a little too much and getting thrown out. It yeah. was so frustrating. But you're I right. think someone told him he he was like they were like you can steal, you know that right? Like you're <laughs> you have speed, and he's like okay, and he never practiced it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, he just very clearly thinks he can take, and that, I mean that's that's the excitement is he is a. a very similar to what we've been talking about in the division as a whole is he just has a high ceiling and a low floor. But when, but when he's, yeah, dude, nothing makes me more mad than swinging strikes on three Oh counts. Just take the pitch, man. Like, what, like truly you're good. Yeah. It really frustrates me. And he's the king of doing that, but you're right. Your Mets offense is something to be a little scared of. And I know that's not something you guys have been able to say in the past a lot. So uh, this is an exciting time for Mets fans. I mean, normally not. I mean, even, you know, the 2015 world series run first, first half of the season, we had like Eric Campbell and John Mayberry in the lineup. <laughs> like seriously, like it, you know, that was in the that was on a World Series team. Obviously, second half of the year was much better, um, but you know, from top to bottom, this lineup looks good, and they all look good during during spring training. So, very excited for the Mets offense. My famine, however, is overall defense. I know we talked about this a lot today. Okay, NL East defense. NL East defense. You know, I I. I'm going to say, aside from Ozuna and maybe Austin Riley, the Braves will be pretty good defensively. For sure, Acuna's a good defender. Yeah, Freeman. I mean, I, although Ozuna it, might make that up, you know, be bad enough to make the whole team look bad. Oh I don't my know. God. He might be climbing the wall when mm. the ball's ten feet in front of him. <laughs> um, I don't know. But overall, I think we're going to see some long games and extended innings because we're going to see uh, some some rough defense, some rough defense. from the Phillies especially yeah. from the nationals, especially from the Mets left side and maybe center field. Weirdly and enough, I think the Marlins Marlins, Marlins infield is probably the best defensive infield. I mean, Dickerson is out in left field has won a golden glove before Starling Marte is, uh, I've heard some talks of regression this season and I hope not, uh, but he's still a great defender. Well, he's, he's of the age for sure. Yeah. Right? He's in that early thirties ish. Yeah. 32, I think is his age. Yeah. Um, but we have JJ Blade behind him, baby. I know JJ Blade is a, a corner fielder, but, um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that Jazz Chisel, though, good defender, very, very good defender. Miggy was only a defender. Always uh, great. Yeah, always yeah. great. So I think, if anything, we have the best middle infield. And um, But you're right. I mean, I'm not looking forward to watching some balls thrown over the first baseman's head or <laughs> some easy grounders skipping over people's uh, over people's heads. Yeah. But which, re- which relates to your DH uh, point. Yeah, you know? yeah, bring it all back. But um, overall, we have a lot to be excited with this division, Brandon. We're, we're, we're spoiled. Let's be real. We're going to watch a lot of really great baseball. Um, for those, it's an embarrassment of riches. Yes, an embarrassment, and we will neither of us will ever forget that phrase. <laughs> we will say that until the day we die. Um, and uh, for all of the Mets, Phillies, and Nationals fans that thought we weren't looking good for your team, this is the time to to prove us wrong, baby. I'll be tuning into some AL or NL East games if uh, even if the Marlins aren't playing. I got a I got a podcast to to participate in now. 
Yeah, we got to brush up on that. I'm going to be a huge Phillies fan this year. <laughs> Brandon's going to be uh, uh, just going to be dedicated to the Phillies defense. He's I, they changed my mind, baby. They're all they're all yeah. they're all gold now. Um, but this has been fun, Brandon. <laughs> Wonderful work. Um, I'd say we did a great, great first work. podcast. Hey, good job, buddy. I'm virtually shaking. Your yeah, hand. A virtual handshake. Um, it's going on a little too long. Classic us. Classic us. <laughs> um, but yeah, is there anything that you want to promote before we take off here? Any uh, any upcoming shows? Any virtual comedy shows? Um, anything like that? Episode two of the NL Feast podcast <laughs> coming go. to you next week. Give out your Twitter handle too. Let's get you some Twitter followers. Oh yeah, Brando Grosso. Follow it. I posted a music video today about eels. Let's get it going. I mean, let's get the party rolling. So that's B-R-A-N-D-O-G-R-O-S-S-O. Yeah. All right. There we go. We can get you. I've I've also put myself in a weird conundrum here where I have two Twitter accounts. I have my Twitter account I've had for 12 years. Um, but I'm very uh, worried of alienating all of my friends by tweeting about sports constantly. So I made a second one that is also by like streamer name and all of my other stuff called Slim Pro TV, S-L-I-M-M-P-R-O-T-V. And that's where I do all of my tweeting about the Marlins, the Dolphins. I didn't even get to talk to you about this. I know you're not a big football guy, but the Dolphins made some big draft moves, my friend. Oh, oh I'm very excited Patrick for Beverly? the future. Yeah, they drafted Patrick <laughs> Beverly. He's uh, the new Bo Jackson, baby. He does everything. Um, oh, but yeah, this was fun, Brandon. Wonderful work. Um, and I will see you next week. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs> Uh, Brandon and I also forgot to promote the NL Feast podcast Twitter. That's at NL Feast, N-L-F-E-A-S-T pod. Is it NL Feast pod? Just NL Feast. All right, so follow NL Feast too. Okay, bye.